Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Navigating COVID-19, Supporting Individuals with Dementia and Their Caregivers. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on June 23, 2020. In this podcast, Tom von Sternberg, the Senior Medical Director of Geriatrics, Home Care, Hospice, and Case Management at Health Partners, discusses the role of health plans in supporting members with ADRD during the COVID-19 pandemic. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, help in many ways reinforce what's already been said uh, about uh, the incredible complexities of this pandemic on top of uh, the needs and the challenges of caring for a a population of folks with uh, dementia-related conditions that on a good day are extraordinarily difficult. Um, The health partners approach will be, again, something I think that you can uh, uh, learn from and have your own perspectives on based on the organizations that you're in. Health partners uh, provides a fully integrated dual eligible uh, special needs plan for our our population. It's called based on Minnesota's senior health options platform. And um, prior to the the COVID pandemic, we were already in uh, in an approach where we were emphasizing the need to both identify our patients with dementia and provide uh, extra attention, extra resources, and as well, extra education to our case managers. We are also an organization that has uh, done our care management uh, within the uh, health plan uh, and then partnered with care delivery and then partnered with community uh, service organizations for most of the LTSS uh, services that are available. and that uh, this idea of becoming a dementia-friendly care model at a health plan level uh, indeed uh, allowed us uh, to then have a position where uh, more proactive identification for our case managers' uh, panels of patients, who has dementia and therefore what are the suite of uh, services and attention to pay for them, very important. Uh, Actually uh, adding dementia-friendly supplements to our supplemental benefit package we felt has been a very effective uh, tool. Um, Specific education to case managers about dementia, uh, its progress, its details, its optimal care, uh, the nuances and challenges to caregivers. Uh, So the idea of educating case managers specifically about dementia, uh, very important. And then uh, again, a much more uh, intentional, proactive uh, communication strategy for patients and families but as well as to uh, providers. Uh, Our case managers have the ability to communicate with our our care delivery uh, partners through the electronic medical record. And so that's been a very helpful uh, opportunity for us to um, actually enhance uh, our partnership uh, with point of care and at the same time um, uh, be able to make sure we're giving information that uh, our partners would find helpful. Next slide, please. The... um, Identification of the dementia population at a health plan level, uh, again, this idea of if indeed we have said that uh, conditions like rheumatoid arthritis or diabetes are, in, are very important to then identify and quote-unquote manage, uh, we have found that uh, approaching dementia in the same way has value. This is novel. It is not as easy uh, as, again, a simple um, pharmacy-based, who's ever on a, uh, a biologic for rheumatoid arthritis, you'll actually know that who your population is. But um, we've been able to do uh, uh, active outreach based on claims data, 
uh, health risk assessment uh, results uh, by patients and families, uh, our own care management assessments, and uh, clinical information from uh, hospital and clinic, as well as the annual uh, uh, wellness visit for Medicare, uh, is also a helpful tool to identify individuals with cognitive difficulties. Uh, next slide, please. So, um, offering, if you will, dementia-friendly uh, supplemental benefits and services is also something we feel, uh, again, creates that platform for us to be that much more uh, supportive of our patients and, and their caregivers. Um, we have a variety of, of approaches that we've uh, done to help ensure we've got a full array of, of services. Um, our caregiver support uh, from the care manager is primarily uh, telephonic, uh, but face-to-face -face as well. And so our care managers actually go to the home. Uh, we're now uh, more challenged with the, um, uh, with the pandemic. Our uh, support for caregivers uh, from the community perspective is that we've partnered with uh, some community agencies that provide very effective caregiver education and caregiver stress support uh, for those uh, managing family members with dementia. Uh, Wilder and the Volunteers of America, uh, Lucent Social Services are some of the agencies that we've partnered with to help us with our attention towards dementia population. Um, and then I also I mentioned that our, uh, our, our supplemental benefits uh, have featured and, and uh, uh, emphasized opportunities to help families with uh, dementia members. Uh, our supplemental benefits are not exclusive uh, focused on dementia, but the ones that we think are, are uh, important to consider, uh, we've been providing uh, iPads uh, that are also loaded with specific apps that can help uh, members of, of the uh, community that have uh, dementia and their caregivers. We have personal emergency response systems, motion sensor operated lighting, and we've even added uh, the availability of animatronic cats, uh, and we are actually in the process of doing some, some research in this space uh, in the fact that the early evidence shows that these animatronic uh, cat um, devices really do have a calming effect uh, on some dementia patients. We're lucky enough to be able to be partnering with our uh, organization's Center for Memory and Aging, uh, which is an Alzheimer's Center of Excellence, and so we've been, been able to have a really good uh, source content, expertise, and, uh, and support for the kinds of activities that we're trying to provide. Nutrition services, uh, again, have been touched upon here, but what we've uh, found during pandemic, which again, Meals on Wheels and, uh, and delivery services are not novel by any way. However, being aware of the fact that the massive disruption of um, the pandemic, we've uh, actually doubled down on attention to uh, uh, issues around uh, disruption in, in grocery delivery, disruption in meal availability. Many of our individuals in congregate living uh, lost the ability to have meals provided. Uh, at the onset of the uh, pandemic, we actually ensured that two weeks worth of meals were delivered uh, to our members to kind of ensure there was at least a, a, a some degree of stabilization uh, for this work. Uh, as has been mentioned, um, the disruption to day centers and some home-based services and caregiver support and transportation has been very problematic. Uh, 
I don't have magic solutions that we've provided. The point being, I think as uh, was just mentioned uh, earlier, the attention to the fact that every situation will be uh, unique, but that being a, if you will, a calm source of problem solving and, and, and solution finding is extremely important. Um, the, there really isn't an alternative to day center. And so I, I think our caregivers have been challenged uh, quite profoundly. Um, transportation options, we have found that specialty transportation specifically has been problematic in terms of higher tech uh, needs for some of our patients. And so in that space, I think it's been difficult for us to uh, ensure consistency, but our care managers are alert and problem solving uh, at, at all times. And then I also would mention here that uh, an additional service uh, that goes along with our dementia friendliness is our attention to medication therapy management as well as our education to the care managers about uh, safe medications, medic high risk medications, medications to avoid in the dementia population. Uh, next slide. And so indeed that uh, attention about uh, safe meds can often be where we're discovering things that our, our care delivery partners are either unaware of or really hadn't um, uh, uh, surveyed in a more intensive enough fashion. Uh, the idea of providing those educations to uh, caregivers continues to be important. I would also point out here, uh, again, our care managers are, if, if, you, if you will, they are a primary care management model. So they don't exclusively care for a population of dementia or a population of um, of diabetes, but they indeed have a panel that uh, has a broad spectrum of patients. And so the, what we've talked about in terms of the support and education for caregivers, the education to the case managers, this is a constant uh, uh, reiteration. So we're needing to reinforce things because, as you know, the retention of, well, what's best for this individual, uh, if it's uh, part of a larger panel, we need to make sure that they're prioritizing those resources. And so I would encourage us to uh, make sure we're reinforcing uh, those best practices the best we can. Um, advanced directives, goals of care uh, have been mentioned about their priorities. Uh, I would simply point out that that should be basic blocking and tackling for your uh, care of the and management of the Alzheimer's population, uh, but that uh, actually more emphasis on palliative care considerations and hospice considerations in the setting of acute uh, setbacks with the illness is absolutely appropriate. Um, we've always emphasized the need for advanced directives uh, for our entire population, but especially for those with dementia, with caregiver uh, issues, spokesperson issues that have been mentioned. Um, and then I think that uh, what we're also finding is that uh, in the setting of COVID, uh, it is indeed a time to be asking those questions of what is most important in terms of knowing the challenges that occur when a dementia patient is hospitalized, amplifying that to when a dementia patient is hospitalized with COVID, the degree of um, significant uh, uh, stress that that puts individuals under, I think is really, really important that uh, those conversations can be helpful for caregivers and families to make the right decisions. Uh, being culturally sensitive, also very important. Uh, next slide. The uh, critical nature of communication in terms of, well, what's different during a pandemic, I think what we're really encouraging for people to do is to increase your frequency of, of proactive contact 
being less reactive, uh, understanding that your caregivers are going to be significantly stressed. We've adopted a Google Duo platform for video interactions, uh, for video visits, if you will, uh, for our care managers. And we even can uh, provide um, a video chat so that multiple people can, can be part of that conversation in a video way, including interpreters, other family members, et cetera. We're also uh, just about to re-embark on face-to-face -face encounters uh, with our individuals in the home with appropriate PPE. Not an easy decision to make. Um, and that um, being aware of those disruptions that occur, uh, the, um, the, the, the challenge here, I think, again, the training to a caregiver about being hypervigilant, the training to a caregiver about how to control their environment that they are at a, on a good day, minimally in control of, uh, discussions about goals of care, these things elevate the stress to that caregiver to a, a level that I think is, uh, cannot be overestimated. And I think how we can come to those interactions with calm and comforting and, and understanding that we're on a journey with you, we don't have all the answers either. So my kind of collective message for our uh, care manager partners and our uh, care delivery partners is knowing that this is a situation with a dementia along with the pandemic uh, that is truly unique uh, and extraordinary. Uh, I think, again, that can help some. Next slide. Uh, there's been some uh, discussion a bit about uh, those individuals with dementia in nursing homes, uh, but I would uh, call out the fact that, uh, again, from the baseline of being dementia-friendly, you should know, uh, just in terms of dual population management in general, you should know who is in uh, congregate facil uh, facilities, who's in skilled nursing facilities, uh, and again, do they have uh, adequate on-site clinical care and not kind of your classic disinterested telephonic care from office-based. Uh, so best practice for on-site care for nursing home, very important. And then how those clinical teams are, are responding to the care and are they able to provide either video or telephonic support for those nursing home staff for the care of patients. Um, nursing homes, as you've seen, have differing abilities uh, in managing both uh, infection control, uh, staffing, uh, and, uh, and protective equipment. And so, again, we don't have answers for that, but knowing there are caregivers are going to be even more stressed about what should we do and what is the facility doing. So I think, uh, next slide, what that also allows us to do is to uh, be that much more supportive uh, with families, especially around that decision of should we be hospitalizing our loved one if they do come down with COVID uh, and what that would mean for the individual, which then circles back for an, another opportunity uh, for goals of care conversations, uh, palliative or, 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 or comfort care uh, if possible. Our, uh, uh, our teams have been able to develop uh, virtual palliative care and hospice care, and so we're doing much of that work uh, uh, video and telephonic in addition to uh, PPE face-to-face uh, -face when, when appropriate. Uh, so I think for the, our long-term care population with advanced uh, dementia, a really important opportunity for us to really emphasize those kinds of principles of, of goals of care and what's important. Uh, lots of potential roles for the health plan, uh, but again, supporting best practice to, uh, is in our best interest. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. 
MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.